everybody. I'm Patrick Andrus, and welcome into this 16th episode of my podcast, uh, Sporting Soul, uh, where I'm been, I've been talking about sports all throughout this summer with various friends of mine. Uh, we're winding down the summer. We're getting closer to the fall, and that means it's time for football. And I want to bring in here uh, for this, this week's edition to talk about college football, professional football, and a little bit of fantasy football. A uh, good friend of mine, huge football fan, huge huge sports fan, uh, a freshman at University of Toledo, um, Mr. Nick Finkbeiner, also known as Finky. How's it going, man? It's going good, Patrick. How you doing? Good, good. Thanks, thanks for being on here. Thank you for having me. All right. So uh, this is an exciting this is an exciting college football season. We'll start with college football All right. uh, that we're about to get into tomorrow with Miami and Florida being the opening game. And it's exciting because it's the 150th year of college football. And it seems like there's a lot of interesting storylines entering this year. Uh, the main one, I think, is can anyone stop Alabama or Clemson? who have just been world beaters for the last four, year, four years now. They've played in – they played each other in three of the last four national championships. And I th- we'll, hit, we'll hit some of the big national storylines first. Do you this, – this year, do you see uh, anybody do, – do you think that somebody's going to stop that reign of dominance this year? I, I really don't. I think we're just – it's really just became Clemson and Alabama's, like, whole football universe. Like, it used to just be Alabama, and now it's Clemson. And, like, now I'm kind of getting tired of it, but I don't <laughs> think that it's really going to stray away from it anytime soon. So I better just get used to it. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. They're, they're certainly my pick right now uh, for the number one and two team in the country and we'll start we'll bounce around the country uh we'll start in the ACC where Clemson I think is a very very prohibitive favorite I think I saw somewhere that like their chances of winning the ACC are like 80 percent it's it's incredible incredibly likely that they're going to come out of that conference uh, do you agree yeah I would uh, I really think that like the coastal division is really up for grabs kind of looks mm-hmm. a little open right there don't really know who I'd pick very messy. Out of there yes very messy but definitely Clemson's conference to win yep uh I I besides Clemson I only have one and one other I put together the top 25 that I tweeted a few days ago and the only other team I had in the top 25 from the ACC was I had Syracuse number 24 and I think that might be – I don't even know if I can call them a threat. I think that might be <laughs> the only threat to Clemson's chokehold over uh, that conference. Yeah. Uh, they're, breaking in, they're breaking in a good quarterback this year in Tommy DeVito, uh, replacing Eric Dungy. So that's the team I'm keeping an eye on. And uh, like you said, the Coastal is definitely up for grabs. It's going to be interesting. Well, we're, I was surprised – were you surprised, kind of surprised that Tate Martell didn't win the starting job at Miami? Yeah, I was, and I didn't 
kind of hate to say it now, but I was a big Tate Martell homer back when we was at Ohio State. <laughs> I really rooted for him, but, you know, they moved on. And, you know, obviously I wanted to see him succeed at Miami, but not everything happens like that. So sad, for, yeah. sad at least for me to see that happen to him. Yes, he's had quite the interesting career arc where he – I think he committed to Washington, decommitted to, from Washington, and decommitted – from Texas A&M, up at Ohio State, and then eventually made his way uh, to Miami. But yeah, Miami. It's gonna. I think that's gonna be an interesting team to watch. They have a new coach in Manny Diaz, and uh, Mark Richt. He kind of. It seemed like in 2017 that they were really going somewhere, but they really stalled out, and now they're starting over, but not really starting all the way over with Manny Diaz. It's gonna be interesting to see how the culture changes there. Yeah, when they had that run in 2017, like you were saying, I was really jumping on them. I was like, oh, I've heard about the U. You know, I wasn't young enough to remember it, but I've heard stories about it. It's like, it'd be pretty cool to see them come back and then kind of dropped off last year. So hopefully they can make it back up there and it would be pretty cool to see the U return. Yeah, it it, it seemed like that year. They were getting their swagger back. They started, I think, 10-0 and 11-0. and 0. They demolished Notre Dame at home. And I think they had a big win over Virginia Tech, too. But they couldn't – they've lost to Pittsburgh, Clemson, and Wisconsin, and they really weren't the same after that. And But, yeah, I think Miami's going to be an interesting team this year. Uh, they're on the fringes of the top 25 as we begin the season, but I could see them moving up and maybe snagging a division title. The other team to watch in the Coastal, I think, is Virginia with uh, their quarterback. Uh, Bryce Perkins, I think, is a good quarterback. And I'll be interested to see how, how the Cavaliers do this year. I was going to – what I'm really interested to see is uh, UNC and Mac Brown, their new coach. I, I know he's yeah. been out for a while. So I'd really like to see how, like, him coming back in, how he does. And, I mean, I don't know. I don't remember how long he was out for, but I know it was a hefty amount of time. But I'd like – yeah, I'd like to see how he gets back into it and if he could turn around that North Carolina football program. Yep. I love – he made a great hire at defensive coordinator. He brought in Jay Bateman, who was the defensive coordinator at Army. And that was a – I think that was a bold hire and a good hire. And I I think that North Carolina, they're going to start – we're going to see them start putting together consistently good defenses. But I think that program's heading in the right direction. Uh, other than that, other than that in the ACC, I think uh, Willie Taggart at Florida State, I think it's a big prove-it year for him. Definitely. Yeah, they, re- they really struggled last year. And um, uh, I'm trying to think of any – ACC, like, well, like I said at the beginning, not really – there's not really a whole lot of stuff going on there behind Clemson and maybe Syracuse, but on on the other hand, I, I'll give I'll jump over to our next conference, the Big Ten. It seems like that that's going to be one of the best conferences in football this year. Definitely. Yes, I am. I have many teams. I'm trying to count them off the top of my head. Five or six teams from the Big Ten, I think. In my preseason top 25, I have Ohio State at six. I have Michigan at three. 
and more more on the, I'll elaborate more on that in a minute. And then have Wisconsin at thirteen, Nebraska at seventeen, Iowa at eighteen, I think, and then Northwestern at twenty two. So that's six Big Ten teams in the top twenty five. Um, so uh, like I alluded to a minute ago, it seems like there's been a lot of going back and forth. Will Ohio State or Michigan come out of the East this year? Um, who do you, who do you see winning that battle? Do you think it's finally Michigan's year to break through? Well, I mean, I can see it, but I like, I haven't, I mean, Michigan has obviously been getting on the spotlight and everything, but I haven't really seen anybody who they've brought back that much. Like they've kind of remained quiet, at least in my eyes for the whole off season. Like I know they bring back Shea Patterson and all that. And Shea Patterson is a great quarterback, but, and I'm not saying this just because I'm an Ohio state fan. I do think that Ohio state continues to come out of the East, but I do think that this could possibly be Michigan's year to finally make that leap mm-hmm. and get to Indianapolis. And I mean, even as an Ohio State fan, you know, I can't be too upset if that were to happen, you know, because I know it's coming. They they got to beat us sometime. And I yeah. mean, I hate yeah. to admit it, but it's got to happen sometime. Yeah, it, it's hard to sustain. It's amazing. It's, the, it's amazing this run Ohio State has had. How many wins, I think – 13 wins in 14 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Not sure off the top of my head, but you're right. It's got to end sometime. I think I personally, I think it'll end this year. I think Michigan, they finally made the the last hurdle to really kind of putting it all together was that they had to modernize their offense and they hired a great offensive coordinator in Josh Gaddis. And they say that he's completely changed the fabric of that offense where uh, Patterson has – Patterson will be in an offense more like the one he w- saw at Mississippi. So that that's why I'm picking Michigan to win the East. And I'm – it's going to be interesting because Jim Harbaugh, I mean, he, had, he hasn't beaten Urban Meyer yet. He's come close, but he hasn't done it. I mean, he hasn't beaten – he'd never beat Urban Meyer. And he – and this year he has a chance to beat – uh, Ryan Day, a first-year coach, and if it's not this year, I don't know what year it's going to be because because Michigan has, they've. I think this is the year Michigan needs to get it done. The pressure is on them this year. It's not on Ohio. It really State. is. It's on them. Yep. I mean, and Jim Harbaugh. He, I think Jim Harbaugh has done a like great job at Michigan. Like he's taken them to great places. Except I think it was the season before the last one. They were kind of sluggish, you know. They weren't really like up to what you would have expected. But other than that, you know, they he's taken them to a couple of New Year's Six Bowls. I mean, that's nothing to like hang your hat at. Like that's pretty good. No, but no. I mean, I understand from the Michigan's fans' perspective is you got to beat Ohio State. And if he can't do that, then I don't really know what they're gonna do with him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> uh. As far as the rest of the East, uh, I think I think Penn State is headed for a down year. I think they've there's they're gonna feel the effects of there's the Saquon Barkley hasn't been there since, since seventeen, and Miles Sanders left and McSorley's gone and I think they're they're recruiting very well and they're not gonna be down for long. But I feel like this year 
is the year they take a step back. Yeah, and I also want to see what Michigan State does because I know they've been kind of back and forth these past couple of years. That's I, an interesting. I want to see if yes, but they always they always seem to rise up to the occasion at some point in the season, you know. Mm-hmm. But I want to see if they can either get back up to the top ranks of the East or just stay down in the basement. They need what they need is they need their quarterback Lewerke to be closer to what he was in seventeen than what he was in eighteen because last year Michigan State's offense was it was just abysmal. They couldn't get anything going, and in their bowl game, I think they either won it seven six or lost it seven six. I can't remember. They had a great defense, but offense mm-hmm. was a problem for them. Um, rest of the East, Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers. I think they'll probably end up in that order, or maybe Maryland, Indiana, Rutgers. But none of them are ready to challenge for the division title. Not at all. <laughs> no, not not anytime soon. Although I think Maryland is the closest. Some someday, Maryland someday Maryland will be in that discussion. It may be it's in ten years down the road, but someday. So jumping over to the West. The West, meanwhile, is wide open. I can realistically see six different teams winning the West. How do you? What do you make of that race? Uh, yeah, I do believe that as well. I mean, I think what well, what I really want to see this year is I want to see Nebraska take that next step because I I was at the Ohio State Nebraska game last year and Nebraska was hanging in hanging in with them the yeah. whole entire game and Ohio State never really pulled away and you know. I mean, Nebraska started to pick it up in the back half of the season, and I mm-hmm. think this is the season where they could really put it together and actually be a threat in that West. Yeah, I think they're I think they're right there. They got their guy in Scott Frost, who and he he's an incredible coach. He's really changed the fabric of that offense. By the way, I by the way, if you if you play fantasy college football, get get Adrian Martinez on your squad because he's mm-hmm. he's just gonna be. <laughs> Huge this year. I think he'll. I think he might be a Heisman Trophy finalist. But the, the he he as interesting as he is, I I think that the real interesting quarterback to watch in the West is Wisconsin's true freshman quarterback Graham Mertz. He might not be the starter in Week One, but I'm predicting that he will become the starter at some point midway through the season. And I think that Wisconsin is going to take the West title this year. I think Nebraska needs one more year, and then they'll surge. I think that Wisconsin is my West champion for this year. But it's 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 interesting because there's a lot of great quarterbacks in that division. Martinez, uh, Mertz is going to be great. Um, Nate, Nate Stanley from Iowa is a good quarterback. Uh, Hunter, uh, Hunter Johnson is going to quarterback my team, Northwestern. Uh, that's going to be, I think, a thoroughly interesting division. And they have four top 25 caliber teams. I think you can put Minnesota up there in that discussion. Purdue's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Even Illinois, I think, is going to be a little better than last year. Mm -hmm. So that that division, that's a race I'm really excited to follow along with. Um, Me too. The, the big big key game in that one is going to be Wisconsin and Nebraska. Uh, I think they play November 16th. I'm not sure where that game is. That game is going to be in Lincoln, so that's going to be very interesting. So n- now 
I, now that we've covered the Big Ten, I want to head down to the Big Twelve, which it that's gonna that might be that might be an even more interesting two team conference race than Ohio State Michigan because Oklahoma and Texas played a pair of very dramatic games last year where Texas knocked off Oklahoma in the regular season just barely and then. Oklahoma came back and beat Texas in the Big 12 title game. Um, I think that I think it's safe to say that that rivalry is back. Would you agree? Uh, yes, I definitely agree. And that's like one of my key points that I was looking through is that I want to know if Texas is really back. I know every year we say it, oh, Texas <laughs> is back. Texas is back. And, you know, they have one big year. And I really don't want it to be like Miami where they have one good year and then kind of – decline and then you know see oh what's this season i want i want texas to keep it up there so texas can definitely be back i think texas is absolutely back and i think they're ready to challenge for the big 12 to seriously challenge for the big 12 title i think that they could be in a college football playoff team this year or um but it's Oklahoma. they still got to deal with oklahoma lincoln riley is one of the best coaches in college football uh, I'm really interested to see how that Oklahoma offense develops under Jalen Hurts. Develops with Jalen Hurts there. Me um, too. He, well, he was a stud at Alabama. Uh, I don't think he's quite as talented as Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray, but uh, Lincoln Riley. Uh, he he's just a great uh, coach at developing quarterbacks. And the one other team I'm watching from that conference is I have them ranked number 15 is the Cyclones of Iowa State under Matt Campbell mm-hmm. have just become, a, I think, a force to be reckoned with. And so I, th- I think that Oklahoma is going to win that conference, and I think they're going to beat Texas in the title game. But I think Iowa State's going to be right there with them. And I think they're going to challenge Texas and Oklahoma in both of the games. that In both of those games, I think Iowa State's going to put up a big fight. Um uh, Iowa State sees Oklahoma and Texas in back-to-back weeks in late in mid-November, November 9th at Oklahoma and Norman, and then at home against Texas November 16th. So if I if Iowa State can get past Iowa September 14th, they could very easily be 8-0 going into that uh, matchup with Oklahoma. So uh, I'm picking Oklahoma to win. Who Who are you picking to win the Big 12? I'm going to pick Oklahoma as well. They've just been on tear, <clears throat> excuse me, with that um, with that conference lately. But also another team I want to see, didn't Les Miles just get hired at Kansas? Yes, yes. That's going I, to be I, very interesting. I want to see what he does with that program. And I know same thing with like Mac Brown. Les has been out for a while, you know, so I want to see if he could turn that program around and had that one magical run like they did I don't know about 10 years ago it was just crazy college football season that year so I really want to see what Les Miles does at Kansas yes he has the opportunity where he could come out and win back to back it would be a great great story if he could you know Kansas these last how many years they've they have barely been even beating FCS teams but if they can Beat Indiana State, beat Coastal Carolina in their first two games. Get those, get those two pretty easy wins on the board. 
and you never know. They could snag a Big 12 win. You've got a 3-9, and 4-8 and eight season, and you've got uh, something to build on. Uh, I, also, mm-hmm. I also – the other hire I liked in that league was uh, Chris Kleeman from North Dakota State was hired by Kansas State. And I think he's going to be really good there as a successor to Bill Snyder. So it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of different uh, storylines going on in that conference. Uh, West Virginia and Texas Tech both have new coaches also. Mm-hmm. So – uh, that there's a lot of turnover going on in that league, but yes, like I said, I, I think a constant is going to take that uh, conference title in uh, Oklahoma. So, yeah. So let's move on to the PAC 12, which has just, it, it, it has not been a strong, how many years? I think three years now for the PAC 12, uh, in in seventeen, USC won the title. Eighteen, Washington won the title. Neither of them, neither of them were really imposing teams, and both of them lost in bowl games to Ohio State. Uh, but this year, the Pac-12 I think has uh, a chance to really get a team back in that college football playoff discussion. Uh, who do you think is the the favorite to come out of the Pac-12? think of a winner because the Pac-12 has really like just like you said like kind of been out of spotlight for a while and like don't really hear much about them they're out west the games are kind of late but I guess if I had to pick one I'd I'd probably want to see Oregon come back and emerge out of there you know I kind of liked what Oregon had to I always like seeing their different jersey combinations and be like oh where are they coming out with this week but yeah. Uh, they do have a pretty good quarterback, don't they? Yes, they got a great quarterback in Justin Herbert. They have a fairly favorable schedule once they get past week one against Auburn. And if they get past week one, they got Nevada, Montana, Stanford, and they can potentially be looking at a 6-0 and start going into October 19th will be their toughest game where they play Washington in Seattle. I think that I think that conference's race is going to come down to Oregon and Washington and the two quarterbacks, mm-hmm. Herbert from Oregon and you know, Jacob Beeson, who was named the starter at Washington today. Uh, I think both of them are going to have excellent seasons. I think Eason is going to be even better than uh, Washington's last quarterback, Jake Browning, who could be inconsistent at times. I think Eason is going to have a great year. Uh, so I'm picking Oregon to win that league. I have four top 25 teams from the Pac-12. I have Oregon 10, Washington 12. Then I have Utah 16. A lot of people like that defense a lot. And I and I have a USC number 23. I think JT Daniels was an extremely highly touted prospect. I think this year he takes a leap forward. And I think that he might save Clay Helton's job. A lot of people uh, – we're thinking that he was going to be fired after last year, but I think that USC is going to put together a decent season. Yeah, USC was like another team just like Miami where they had like their strand of a good season. You know, they really pulled it together. And, you know, I think they had like two back-to-back seasons because yeah. didn't they they had the Rose Bowl win and then the they Rose had Bowl, the season. 16. And then they went to the Cotton Bowl and played Ohio State, yep. right? Yeah. back. Yeah. So they were up there for a little bit. Then they kind of fell off a little bit last season. But, you know, I another team I'd like to see, see stay up there would be USC. Yeah. So 
Uh, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It seems like there's a lot of sleeping giants around college football, like Miami, Texas, mm-hmm. USC, these teams that are just lurking that could kind of come out of nowhere and make a leap and become one of the top programs uh, for even even if only for a year or two. So yeah, and the and one one team you can never count out. It seems like in the Pac-12 is Washington State with Mike Leach. Mm-hmm. Never know what that coach will say, or uh, they they got a great quarterback coming in, and uh, his name is escaping me. Gage, it's it's Gage Gage Gubrud, and he was he is coming in as a transfer from Eastern Washington, and he's going to be in line for a big year. That's another. Uh, fantasy college football name for those of you who play and the the other and Herm Edwards at Arizona State I think that they'll be interesting interesting too with their true freshman quarterback uh, Jalen Daniels so that's going to be a league to keep an eye on and I know I say that about every conference but uh, the mm-hmm. but especially has some in- interesting storylines to look at and that br- brings me us to our final power five league the SEC is any is is this the year somebody topples Alabama or is it going to be the same story once again? I'm really hoping that Georgia takes that leap and finally gets the monkey off their back and finally gets the SEC championship, but I don't think they can do it. I think it's <laughs> Alabama's conference to lose. You know, I think Alabama and I I know for a fact Saban is probably very upset with the way that championship yeah, game yeah. went, you know, so I think he's going to have that team fired up every single week, you know, he's going to constantly remind them, do you want to go out and be embarrassed like you were in the championship game again, you know, mm-hmm. make the, he's, he's going to find a way to end up back in the championship and I don't think any of us are going to be surprised by it. <laughs> Yes, the only the only thing I could maybe look at is Alabama. This year, the, the there's three th- areas where Alabama could stumble, and one is the one is the fact that Saban has never lost this many assistants. Uh, one is the fact that the line their linebackers are kind of there's a relative lack of depth at linebacker, and that could. That could hurt them if they're playing teams with uh, good good running games. That could be a factor. And two, uh, they have they have a real kind of a tough road schedule. They got to go to South Carolina, Texas, and uh, Mississippi State and Auburn. And uh, it seems like I, I almost feel like this will be one of those Alabama teams that maybe stumbles at one point but comes back strong going into the postseason. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Alabama is a safe pick to win the SEC title, although maybe not as an undefeated team. And Georgia, they'll be, they'll be in the national title discussion. Georgia's a their big a game they have to worry about is they Notre Dame makes the return trip to uh, Athens from when they played a couple of years ago. So mm-hmm. though those are obviously aside from Georgia and Alabama, who everybody's going to be talking about. What's a team? Uh, lurking below the surface that could be interesting this year in the SEC. Kentucky. I really want to see if Kentucky can continue what they had last year and bring it into this year. I really like what Kentucky had last year. You know, I'm a person who likes to see new teams appear and everything. And, you know, I don't – that's why I'm not really – 
I don't really find interest in Clemson and Alabama every single year. You know, I want new teams, fresh teams, you know, even if yeah. these teams that used to rule like the 80s are coming back now and all that, you know, I like to see new teams emerge. I think it's good for the sport. You know, I think it's good for just about everything to do with college. You know, it's just it's just a lot more fun seeing new teams rather than the same old, same old every year. You know what I'm saying? Yep, it it was fun watching Kentucky have that run last year where they they were they were ranked almost almost in the top ten I think at one point, but mm-hmm. yeah, um, I think Kentucky, I don't I don't know if they'll reach the heights of last year, but I think they'll be uh, solid again. Uh, the the team I'm looking at uh, besides Georgia and Alabama, well LSU kind of doesn't count because I've a lot of people are high on LSU going into this year. I have them ranked number five. I have. Alabama two, Georgia four, LSU five, and then I also have four in the top ten. And Texas A&M uh, is in that discussion too. But the team I think that is not being talked about that will be talked about is Tennessee. I think it's re- they're ready to make that kind of leap under Jeremy Pruitt in his second year. Uh, I think he's going to be one of the. I think a lot of second year coaches are going to take a big step forward this year, and Tennessee. They gotta get pet. Well, Tennessee, they're, they're probably gonna start three and zero. I'm looking at their schedule. They have Georgia State, BYU, Chattanooga, and uh, none of those should be particularly hard. And then they got Florida and Georgia. And if they can steal a game from either Florida or Georgia, uh, I feel like uh, Tennessee is gonna be talked about. They they got a rough schedule, but uh, that they're definitely moving in the right direction. And they're I think they're gonna be back among college football's elite pretty soon. There, there's another program. Everybody mm-hmm. who was elite, it seems, is going to be back among the elite again. College football, it's a very cyclical game. You have up cycles mm-hmm. and down cycles. Uh, so, yes, yeah, I agree. Tennessee, they're going to be interesting this year. Uh, I love the quarterback at Auburn. Bo Nix is a true freshman uh, who was named the quarterback uh, not, long, not long ago. So, the SEC is going to be an interesting race, too. So... Uh, let's hit on Notre Dame very quickly. Uh, what, what, what do you think? The, how do you think the Irish will end up this year? They they were great last year until the last game. They just crashed and burned. Uh, you know, I think I think it'd be good to see them. You know, kind of sustain that like top level like of play. You know, and mm-hmm. I understand like the history and the prestige of Notre Dame and being independent and having them like, oh, we can play whoever we want and everything. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's time to join a conference, you know, <laughs> preferably the Big Ten. You know, I don't really know why they're playing basketball games in the ACC when they're not even in the coast. But, you know, they can do what they want. But I think as far as football-wise, it's time to join a conference. You 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 might have to if you want Notre Dame in the Big Ten you're gonna have to wait a while because Notre Dame I, I think they if I'm recalling correctly they structured their deal where if they join a conference it has to be the ACC in, until like 2038 like if they join a conference at all in 20 years it has to be the ACC <laughs> so, uh, you might you might be waiting a little while but you you can come back on this show in 2021 20, 2025 years and. We can talk about Notre Dame being in the Big Ten then. But that's funny that you bring that up because Notre Dame, it, they kind of – it seems like uh, with the ACC being down, 
it's kind of been the Notre Dame's benefit. Uh, the, this year, Notre Dame it, it draws a pretty pretty favorable set of ACC opponents. Uh, they open at Louisville, who's down. Um, Virginia and Virginia Tech will probably be their two hardest ACC games. What's really going to kill Notre Dame, though, and I think is the reason that we won't see them in the college football playoff this year, although we might see them in a New Year's Six game, is they have three tricky road trips. They got Georgia September 21st. They got Michigan October 26th. And then November 30th, they got Stanford in Palo Alto, which is always a tough game no matter how good Stanford is. So I'm, I'm not sure if I see uh, Notre Dame making another playoff run, but they'll, they'll be interesting as always, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, our, in the rest of college football, in the group of five, um, Central Florida these last few years, they've taken the group of fives uh, automatic bid to New Year's six games. They beat Auburn in 17 and lost to LSU last year. Uh, I, I see a new team – uh, taking taking that group of five bid this year, uh, and uh, well, for, first of all, uh, what do you think? Do you think uh, it's going to be Central Florida again? They they got Brandon Wimbush, the old Notre Dame quarterback, starting there. Do you think they'll be back in the major bowl game? You know, I think it would be good for college football if they could keep it up there, because then you know, obviously, the talks continue again. Is do we put them in the playoff? What do we do with them? You know, uh, you know, I, but I think with like a group of five team, it is like kind of hard to just sustain like that level of like success over a long period of time. I mean, like you look at like Boise state and where they had their run with like Kellen Moore and all that, you know, yeah. but I, I think it's pretty hard for a group of five team to keep that level of success. Yeah. So the the team I, w- I was talking about is I think Cincinnati will be that group mm. of five uh, this year the, in a major bowl game. Uh, they got a great they got a great running back in Mike Warren who's known of a lot of Toledo people uh, being a pride of Central Catholic. Uh, Luke Fickle has recruited well and built a terrific defense uh, that really played well last year, and I think they're going to be able to make that leap. Uh, my top five group of five teams, not really in any order, uh, Cincinnati, Central Florida, uh, Houston. Uh, I love that quarterback, Derek King, and Boise State. And there's one more that I – and uh, I think I think Toledo. I think Toledo is in line for a big year, a MAC championship year. Uh, Toledo is definitely going to win the MAC title, in my opinion. And then uh- – there's, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but there's one group of five team I got to give a shout out to. And, you know, if Jaden, if Jaden Bolden is listening, I know he has a <laughs> hatred for this team, but I got to give a shout out to my Hilltoppers out there, Western Kentucky. <laughs> uh, the story behind it is that I was playing Jaden in NCAA football 14, and Jaden can just never seem to beat me in the game. Don't know how. I always find a way. <laughs> we do random teams. I end up with Western Kentucky and Jaden gets some powerhouse team, and then we start to play, and then I just mop the floor with them with Western Kentucky. That's hilarious. So, so love my Hilltoppers down there. <laughs> that's very that's very funny. <laughs> but uh, one other uh, group of five team that j- just came to mind uh, is Army. It's supposed to be very good this year uh, with that funky triple option offense. 
And if Army can get past Michigan in week two, if they can upset Michigan in week two in Ann Arbor, and they almost beat Oklahoma last year, then they're they're probably not losing it again. That's probably an undefeated team. It's funny. Army actually plays at Western Kentucky October twelfth. So maybe they gotta look <laughs> out. Maybe they gotta look out for that. Hey, the Hilltoppers, man, watch out for them. Don't. They sleep. They sleep. <laughs> but yeah, I think our Army's shaping up uh, for a big year. So all right, Pinky, mm-hmm. we've gone through the entire landscape of college football. Give me your four playoff teams and your Heisman Trophy. Uh, so my playoff, I got it right here. Um, I have Clemson as number one, and then I got Ohio State at number four. And then I got Alabama at two and Oklahoma at three. And so, you know, it's going to be same old, same old Clemson and Alabama in the championship. But I think uh, Alabama is just too upset with how last year ended and – they're going to conquer Clemson this year. All and right. uh, as far as uh, Heisman Trophy, um, probably have to go with Trevor Lawrence. You know, he really showed up last year. You know, I mean, yeah. I hadn't, had never heard of the kid until he got a start. And I was like, they're going to start this kid over uh, the quarterback that Clemson already had. And, you know, I was like, what are they doing? You know, this is just mind-blowing. And then kid goes out, balls out, and, you know, wins the national championship. So, I mean, I think as of now, it's probably his to lose. Him or either Tua, you know, yeah, Tua's yeah. always up there. But I'm probably going to have to give it to Trevor Lawrence. All right. for I, I'm going to agree with you on your Heisman winner. I think Lawrence is going to beat out uh, the – I think just thinking off the top of my head, I think there will be five Heisman finalists this year. I think it's going to be um, Trevor and Tua, definitely – uh, I think I think Herbert's going to be there. I think Adrian Martinez is going to be there. And I think Rondale Moore, uh, the Purdue receiver, I think he's just going to have a monster year. Uh, another fantasy college football name for you, Rondale Moore. I think he's going to have a monster year, and he'll definitely be in New York. Uh, the first Boilermaker in New York since Drew Brees, I think. And, well, maybe, maybe, maybe Kyle Orton went. But anyway, <laughs> and then my college football playoff, I got to go – Clemson at one, Alabama two, Michigan three, Georgia four, and then Clemson over Georgia, Alabama over uh, Michigan, and then uh, Clemson over Alabama once again in the national championship because uh, it's, it seems like in the, the, these last few years it's been the case. Best predictor mm-hmm. of success is past success. And until until somebody beats them, then – it's, it's just going to be Alabama and Clemson. It's not always going to be this way, but it's going to be mm-hmm. this until someone can put something together that can beat these teams. So uh, we pretty much uh, explored the entire world of college football, uh, which is turning 150. And in the pro game, the NFL is also celebrating its 100th season, a lot of milestones around the world of football. So I want to go division. I want to go division by division and hit on some of the big storylines, and then at the end, I'll talk. I'll say what my playoff picks are. So let's start in the AFC East. Um, I, th- I think the Patriots are in line for another uh, division title. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the, the Pats really just run that division right there. You know. 
Yeah. I mean, it's really there's the lose, but um, a team that I'm excited to see this year will be the Jets. I want to see what they can do with cool. Le'Veon Bell, and I want to see what Sam Darnold can do. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I think the Jets could really take a big step forward this year, and yep. I don't see them competing with the Patriots for the division title this year. But you know, maybe in another year from now or two years from now. I think they could easily be at the top of that division. Yep. Uh, the way I see it, I have uh, Patriots, Jets, Bills, Dolphins. I think the Patriots are going to – they're going to win the East. And they will be the number – I think they'll be the th- – no, I think they'll be the – yeah, I think they'll be the, the three seed in the AFC. And then I have the Jets out of – just out of the playoffs. I think that the, the Jets are – the if the 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 Jets are if the Browns are the mainstream sexy team for this year, I think the Jets are the underground sexy team, and then there's also an under underground sexy team that I'll hit on in a little bit. But um, the Jet the Jets uh they've just put together a great uh, core with Darnold Bell. Um, I I like some some of the receivers they got. I love uh Quinnen Williams and C.J. Mosley, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I, the jet the jets are definitely uh heading upward uh pun intended they're, they're going to be flying mm-hmm. high pretty soon but <laughs> it's it's the patriots world until it until is. just like Clemson and Alabama it seems like exactly <laughs> yep so uh that's the east now I, the most interesting division in football to me by far is the AFC north because i look at this division and i see the Bengals are going to be a mess. They're going to be the worst team. Two and Tiger Bailoa is going to be on the Bengals next year, and you, you, you can take that. It's like David Fisdale. You take that for data. I I think that there there's not going to be a worse team in football than Cincinnati this year. Now the other three teams, they they could all be right in the mix. Uh, who do you see coming out of this division between Browns, Ravens, and Steelers? Uh, you know, I I think this has got to be the Browns division to lose with everything that they've added. And, you know, maybe I'm hopping on the bandwagon, you know. I mean, I used to be a Browns fan with my dad, and then I kind of jumped off. But, you know, I still root, I still root for him. Not yeah. like I hate him or anything. But, uh, you know, I think with what the Browns have done, you know, with – I mean, and I was one of those people that, like, scrutinized the pick at Mayfield at one. I'm like, what are you doing? You know, I mean, like, you couldn't – I would have – in my head, I probably would have taken Saquon one, and then I would have thought that Mayfield probably would have been there at four. And, I mean, you look at that backfield, probably a dream come true in some people's eyes. But, you know, Mayfield really proved himself last year to a lot yeah. of the doubters. Yeah. You know, I think this is, a, this is another proving year for him. If he can go out and duplicate what he did last year and – be like, hey, look, I'm here to stay. You know, I think, yeah. I like he says, I woke up feeling dangerous. You know, I think that this could really be the Browns' years to win the AFC North. But, you know, I also – I want to see what the Steelers do and how they ba- bounce back from this offseason, you know, losing yeah. Le'Veon Bell and losing Antonio Brown, you know. I mean, they're really – they kind of instead of rebuilding, they kind of reloaded. You know, they yeah. put in James Conner, who really kind of took over for Le'Veon Bell, and you know, 
Juju Juice. is yeah. yeah, he's still he's putting out as much yards as uh Antonio Brown would have been. So, you know. And then uh the Ravens, you know, I like what Lamar Jackson is doing, you know. I think that they could really be something too, but I think it's definitely the Browns division to lose. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned that uh Baker might have been there at number four. Uh actually I I don't know if you've heard this story before, but they say that um, if 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 the Browns would have passed on Baker at number one, a team had a had the an offer in place to move up to number two and pick Baker. Do you know what team that was? No, I do not. It's the New England Patriots. Wow! If, if the Browns would have not have picked Baker Mayfield, he would have been on the New England Patriots. Wow! That just that fascinates me, and it it's, does. <laughs> it shows you how highly regarded. If an organization like the Patriots thinks that highly of uh, your quarterback, then I think there's a lot of respect there. Mm-hmm. So, my, I, me personally, the I I almost I, as a huge Browns fan, I'm I'm not sure if I can just bring myself to pick us to win the division. <laughs> I'm, picking, I'm picking the Steelers. I think both the Steelers and Browns will be ten and six, and the Steelers will swipe the tiebreaker. The, I I see a Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Baltimore. Cincinnati, and I think the Steelers will be the four seed, and the Browns the six seed in the AFC. And mm-hmm. I, I think the Ravens, uh, the Ravens, I think uh, teams are going to get film on Lamar Jackson, and I think he'll have kind of a protracted slump, uh, e- even more so than I think Baker will have a little slump, but I think Lamar will have a major slump. Both of them have bright futures, but I think mm-hmm. that uh, the Ravens won't be in the postseason this year. I think they're the odd team out. But that you've alluded to, the Steelers are really banking on uh, addition by subtraction with Bell mm-hmm. and Brown being elsewhere, and the Browns. Uh, their their off season is well documented, and they're the main the mainstream sexy team, and everybody everybody wants a piece of the Browns, and it, it's going to be fascinating. The Browns they have a they have a favorable front loaded schedule where they could be set themselves up for a late playoff push, but. It's going to be interesting. I just don't – I'm not sure if I see a division title happening this year. I see it happening, happening very soon, but not not this year, I don't think. Mm. So, let's move on to the South. You're a, tight, you're a Titans fan, aren't you? Mm-hmm. So, what do, what do you make of that division? I'll tell you what I think, but I want to know what you think first. Um, You know, every year I feel like – there's always something that happens in that division. And I, in my head, I always think this is Tennessee's year. They could take it. It was like two years ago. I think luck might have been out for a little bit for the Colts. So they were down. And then Deshaun Watson got injured. And then I was like, well, this was when the Jags were nothing. So I'm like, oh, this is Tennessee's year to win it. And here come the Jags. <laughs> and they take it right out of our hands. I'm like, all right, you know. That's fine. I think they still ended up making the playoffs and they beat Kansas City that year. But then last season, you know, um, I was like, okay, you know, I think maybe we can do something. And then week 17 comes around. It's them and the Colts for the final wild card spot. And they just get pummeled on <laughs> national television at home. And then yes. this happens every year, man. I was like, can we just, I just want to like do something. Like, come on. Uh, but, you know, I think um, I don't see much out of the Titans this year. Um, I think 
Mariota really needs to prove himself this yeah. year, and he really needs to stay healthy. Um, if if he can't stay healthy, then I really don't know what they're gonna do with him. If the tight yeah, if the Titans want to do anything this year, then I think the biggest thing they have going for him is it's a contract year for Mariota, and if he's gonna get paid, he's gotta. I feel like he needs to lead a team to the postseason, and they're gonna have a good running game with Derrick Henry, and they're gonna get they have solid wideouts. Uh, I like Corey Davis a lot, and mm-hmm. their defense is all right, if not spectacular. But <laughs> I think. I think that's going to be a tough division to win in. I, I see it unfolding. Yeah. I have Indy, although no one, no one's sure what's going on with Andrew Luck right now. But I think yeah. he'll be he'll be on the field for Indy, and I think the Colts will be the two seed. I think that I have the Texans as the first team out of the playoffs. Um, uh, they're they're the biggest thing for them is it going to be protecting Watson, and. Mm. I'm not sure how that's gonna. I'm not sure how that's gonna look because that that was uh, troublesome for them last year, and the Jaguars. The Jaguars, I think, are gonna improve. Nick Foles is the he's the right quarterback for that team, and that team is built around defense. And Campbell and Gakwe, and I love I love that Josh Allen from Kentucky. I, I love that pick, love that draft pick, and I think that. It's. I think the Jaguars are primed to bounce back. Maybe not to the playoffs, but they're setting themselves up well for the future. Yeah, I think that um, if Andrew Luck can stay healthy, then I think it could be the Colts' division. But you know, Andrew Luck's history with health and everything, I I'm gonna have to go with the Texans just because I like what they bring to the table. You know, they. I if Watson stays healthy, obviously that's huge for them. But yeah, I'm picking the Texans. But uh, yeah, my dad. My dad said that week one, he's like, "We're watching this game together." I'm like, <laughs> "All right," and I'm like, "I've made a couple bets with my dad. I owe him a couple two liters, so you might, you know, I might go double or nothing on this one." But he put it up to me. He goes, "We can either go to the Browns and Titans game, or we can try and get tickets to Penn State and Ohio State." I was like, "Well, I really don't want to have a drive home where one of us is." <laughs> Not happy, yeah. so let's just let's go over the Penn State game. That's so, a that's a yeah. sound sound decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, let's hop on over to the AFC West, and I think that this is the, the Chiefs' division to lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, we saw Mahomes have a season unlike anybody's ever had, and to think that he did it in only his second year. Uh, no, nobody knows what he's going to do for an encore, and I think the Chiefs have improved their defense too. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna, oh well, yeah, I yeah. For now, I'll just stick with they're they're winning this division. Uh, Chargers, I think, are also going to be in the playoffs. I think they'll be the five seed. Uh, they they need to get uh they need to shore up their running game. They need to see. Uh, I don't know if they have to if if they want to pay Melvin Gordon. Uh, they need to do what's right for them, but they need to get that running game in order before Week One. Uh, and I think I think they have what it takes to they'll be they'll be a Super Bowl contender definitely. Um, then the Broncos, you n- you never can tell what the Broncos. They got, <laughs> they got Flacco, they got Drew Locke. Um, I'm, I'm not even sure what to make of them, but I don't think I don't see them making the playoffs this year. And then the Raiders. I don't think anyone knows what's going on with the Raiders. No. 
I don't think the Raiders know what's going on with the Raiders. Yeah, uh, no, no. I was uh, watching some Hard Knocks, and it was a second episode, and I, I forget the receiver's name, but he was really like standing out because Antonio Brown had been out in minicamp uh-huh. and uh, during the team meeting. Uh, John Gruden was talking about it, and he goes, I think everyone's excited to see you play. And he goes, hell, I'm more excited to see you play than I'm excited to see my wife, and I haven't seen her in two weeks. You know, I just thought that was pretty funny, you know, just something like that. But, uh, yeah, I think it is the Chiefs' division to lose. I do like yep. the Chargers, though. I do think they need to pay Melvin Gordon because, think- um, I mean, I'm a little bit of a Melvin Gordon homer because i've had him on my fantasy team past couple years and the the dude has carried my team they they just he's he's a do-it-all back you know receiving rushing you know they get him involved and he really puts that team over the top so you know i think they do need to pay him all right so uh, though when it all shakes out i think the afc playoffs look like this one kc two indy uh, three new england four Pittsburgh, five LA and six Cleveland. And I think the chiefs are, I think the chiefs are coming out of the AFC. I think that Mahomes is ready to make that kind of Dan Marino young quarterback leap where we see a quarterback, we see a quarterback kind of who, who's changed it. Well, we, we see a quarterback who's rewritten the record book, kind of uh, make that leap to, kind of becoming a true champion. I think I think is he's ready to make that leap even though it's only his third year. So mm-hmm. that's what I see happening. Now let's jump over to the NFC. Uh in the East the East there's two clear haves and two clear have nots. Uh Philly and Dallas being the haves, Giant the Giants and Redskins being the have nots. So what does that division look like to you? On the East. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I think, well, first off, I'm going to go out here and say that the Cowboys need to pay Zeke. But the same thing with Melvin Gordon, you know, I think that Zeke is what kind of gets that team going. You know, I think the team really feeds off of him. But, um, if, um, I, I like the Eagles here. I think if ones can stay healthy, then I think that's, huge for Philly you know they really need him to stay healthy but um if the Cowboys can't do anything with Zeke you know I really don't see anything happening with them I think they really do need him to kind of put them over the edge if they want to win the division but um I think every team in this division kind of has something interesting going on this year you know the Cowboys with Zeke uh the Eagles and you want to see if Wentz can stay healthy uh, the Redskins with Haskins, you know, and then obviously the Giants and Daniel Jones and Eli Manning and what's going on there. Uh-huh. So I think that this is definitely a very interesting division, but I'd, uh, I think the Eagles can come out of it. Yes. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I have, I have Philly winning that division. I have Philly as the three seed, Dallas as the five, and then – the Giants and Redskins. I think that the I think the Red I think they'll both they'll probably both be four and twelve or five and eleven or something like that. Although I love Haskins and I think we're we're going to see what what happens with Daniel Jones and I I like Baker Mayfield. I was shocked when the Giants took him where they did. 
But he, he may mm-hmm. end up being a solid quarterback. He has the intangibles, but we we need to see how he does in a regular season game. So that's going to be interesting. So um, in the north, it, it seems like last year was a weird year in the north. Green Bay bottomed out, and they fired Mike McCarthy, which was, I think, the right decision. Minnesota was supposed to be the hot team from that division, but they sputtered. And Chicago uh, came out of nowhere. And so I'll, I, th- I think that the Lions are – I don't think they're doing anything. And I'll, I'll make this no. – <laughs> you know, Trevor Lawrence will be on the Detroit Lions in 2021. <laughs> uh, you, you can t- take that for data. And uh, But Chicago, Green Bay, Minnesota, well, which, which one of those three teams is the team to you uh, for, the, for – um, Oh, who who's coming out of that division? Uh, you know, I'd I'd like to see the Packers. Uh, you know, I think um, if Rodgers could stay healthy, then um, obviously that's key. I mean, health is key for any team, obviously. Yeah. But um, you know, I I'd like to see the Packers come out of there. I do like the Vikings a little bit. You know, I do want to. See uh, how they do and everything, you know. I also like the Bears too. You know, I think this is another good division where like any of those teams could really do some damage in the season. But uh, I do like the Packers out of there. It's a big time prove it year for the Vikings, where that they got to show that uh, their the Kirk Cousins contract uh, wasn't a mistake. But I think that the I think that it's the Bears division. I think that the Bears will be. I have them as the two seed in the NFC. Uh, I think they're they're just gonna they're gonna build upon what they did last year. They have a great defense with Mac Jackson, Fuller, uh, Trubisky. I think is a good quarterback, and uh, I think the Bears are just gonna pound teams. Uh, I have the Bears, Vikings, Packers, and Lions in that order, and I think the Vikings will be the first team out of the playoffs. I think that the and I don't think the Packers. We'll get near the playoffs this year, but maybe maybe in the future. You never you never know with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, mm-hmm. Foolish to to count out Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, so we got the North, the South. Uh, I think that's another division. It's New Orleans to lose. Although I don't think New Orleans will be as good as they were last year. I think that Drew Brees mm-hmm. is going to regress a little bit. Uh, how do you see that division playing out? So that division, oh, it's always someone new. I think a couple of years ago, uh, I don't know who won it back-to-back years, but I think they said that was, like, the first time ever that someone had ever, like, won the division, like, back-to-back huh. years. Like, that division is always shaking up. But um, I do think it's the Saints to lose. Um, you know, I want to see how Drew Brees does because, you know, obviously he's getting older and all that. But, uh, yes, I do think it's their division to lose. And, um, well, now with Cam and his ankle sprain, you yeah. know, I don't don't know what's going to happen with Carolina. And, you know, I think the Falcons – I'd like to see the Falcons get back to that top level, you know, obviously after that crushing Super Bowl loss. Mm-hmm. But um, one team, I think it's – I think it's really do or die for Jameis Winston. I mean, but being yeah. the number one pick – you know, I think yeah. he really has to do something this year to prove himself. 
And uh, I think I think that he will. I think that is that is the under underground sexy team I was referring to. I think the Buccaneers will be the number six seed in the NFC playoffs. That's my hmm. very bold prediction. I I love they I love their higher Bruce Arians that they got him out of retirement. I love that play caller Byron Leftwich, the former Marshall and longtime NFL quarterback. I think that Winston's going to have here. I'll put it this way. Winston will have the contract here you want Mariota to have. That that's how that's how I'll put it. I think he, he I think uh Mike Evans is going to be a household name by the end of the year. And I think their defense will hold together enough for Tampa Bay. Uh they'll kind of sneak into that last spot in the postseason. I think that they're they're this year's bears where uh you're like you're going to be like where did they come from? That's my prediction for the Buccaneers. And the Falcons I think the Falcons will be in the playoff uh, hunt too. I think they'll be the second team out after uh, Minnesota and the Panthers. I think Cam Newton's best days are behind him. It's a shame because he's an exciting quarterback, but he, he he's now he's never going to get back to that uh, the form he had in '15, where mm. uh, he was he was just a world beater. But I th- yeah, it, it's that uh, is New Orleans, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is going to be the surprise this year. That, that, that's that's my bold prediction. So, well, we've hit on the South. Uh, let's get to the West. The West, it's going to be it. It seems like a hard division on the surface. I'm not sure, but I'm not sure how how I think it, there's going to be some cannibalism in that division. I I only see one team from that division making the playoffs, and it's the Rams. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's the Rams too. Yeah, I'm, I have I have the Rams as the one seed in the uh, in the NFC. Mm. I really like the Rams. Um, yeah, I was really pulling for them last year in the postseason. Uh, you know, it's just like I said before, a new team. You know, it's like they're yeah. new. Blood. I mean, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna hold a grudge over them for stopping my team one yard short in the Super Bowl before I was even a fan, before I was even born, you know. But they, um, they were in St. Louis, then you can let it go. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I do like the Rams. I like Sean McVay, and uh, I like Todd Gurley, and I, I like what they that team brings to the table. Um, but uh, there are definitely some interesting things going on there, like the 49ers, the Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I want to see if it was worth it. You know, he was, he was supposed to be the yeah. next like coming of Christ after uh, Tom Brady. You know, he was supposed to take over after him and just mm-hmm. pick up where they left off. And you know, he was the big deal. And then you know, he gets hurt, and you know, then he comes out and you hear about the five straight interceptions in practice and the poor preseason games. You know, it's a big year. That, uh, it is a big year for him very big you know he really has to prove himself and uh and then with the cardinals you know i was very questionable about um the uh kyler murray you know because they had just drafted josh josh rosen the year before and you know i was like i mean don't i mean give the guy some time you know you don't really (laughs) know what he's like um and then um the new coach you know cliff kingsbury right yeah yeah yeah, and you know, um, I 
listen to other podcasts like Jalen Jacoby and you know they kind of they kind of question it and they're like you know they take this guy where his system didn't work in college and they go oh you know maybe it works in the NFL you know so I think that's a kind of questionable but you know hey if he I mean he has had some successful quarterbacks come through like uh, that was uh didn't he have Johnny Manziel? Like, wasn't that the start? And then like uh, I know he had uh, he had Mahomes and all that. So you know maybe maybe he can make Kyler into that superstar quarterback, and maybe he does do better in the pros than he did in college. So you know I think there's a lot of excitement coming around the NFC West. Yes, uh, that like that is going to be an interesting division. Uh, I have a San Francisco second. I like a. I think Garoppolo will continue to take steps take steps forward. George Kittle, I, I think he's in line for another big year. The tight end there, uh, I love Bosa on the defense, and Seattle I think will be third. I think that their best days are behind them, which is a shame because Russell Wilson uh, continues to mm-hmm. be a phenomenal quarterback, but I think they're just too thin on the offensive side. Uh, and, and the defensive side to make a meaningful run. Arizona, it's it's going to be interesting because no one's ever tried to p- play the way they say they're going to play, where Cliff Kingsbury wants to run 90 plays a game, which is even more than he ever the Texas Tech in the Big 12. It's going to be unlike anything ever ever seen in pro football. But Kyler Murray, I'm, I mean, if anybody's going to do this, I, he, he he's going to be the he's going to be the one. At, He's perfect for Kingsbury's system, but the the question is whether the system is perfect for the NFL because the the Cardinals mm-hmm. they're they're a young team they're the perfect team to kind of try this out on. Uh, they got some nice receivers nice receivers they got Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, Andy Isabella, Hakeem Butler, but um, I I don't know the, no no one has ever tried this in the NFL before, but. Mm-hmm. It, a light, a kind, a kind of light version of this system has worked for the Chiefs, the Saints, the Rams, but this is that taken to the extreme. So we'll 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 see. This is, this is like the this is like a the passing version of the Ravens the last half of last year, where they just tried to run mm-hmm. on every play. I, that's what it's going to be like. We'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. And 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 by the way, the Cardinals the. You want you want Cardinals on your fantasy team. That's a good segue, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about fantasy football. So, how how do you approach your fantasy leagues? I want to know. Is it, um, I'm, well, I'm I'm playing this year, not for the first time. I'm not drafting for the first time, but I'm probably going to be playing more seriously for the first time. I want to know what what are, what are your approaches to draft day? Um. Well, I usually what I used. To, usually do is um I usually like to have a pick that's like kind of in the middle because you know you usually get like the middle picks you know not too like not the best but not the worst you know mm-hmm. and then um but like um it really just kind of depends on your league like if you have a PPR you know you kind of want to look for a good receiver uh, yep. I usually try to go for a running back and then go quarterback so uh but um I'm usually one of the first guys that always goes defense and kickers. You know, you always wait for that person, you know, who's going to take them. I'm that guy. I always uh, – because, you know, 
I don't like to wait until the later rounds where it's like, oh, I know this defense is good. Oh, they got picked up. So, you know, I always try to go defense and kicker. Not mm-hmm. too late, but not too early. Um, you know, the one kicker I always get and I absolutely love is Justin Tucker. That guy, he's he is very reliable. I love having Justin Tucker as my kicker. So, you know, anyone listening to this, if even if you think you have to reach, take Justin Tucker. Tucker. Justin Tucker at number one. Take him in the first round. Yes. <laughs> yes. So my my top three are uh, Saquon, McCaffrey, Kamara. Uh, is that a what do you think? Is that a pretty safe top three? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and then I'll be interested to see where because so I have two drafts both on Sunday, and I'm I don't think this Elliott situation or this Gordon situation. I don't think either is going to be resolved by then. I'm going to be very interested. Right now, I have. Right now, I have Elliot in the late first round. I have like a big board. I have Elliot in the late first round, and I have Gordon. I think in the early third round. And if if they decide to come back tomorrow, I'll move them both up. But I bet it 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 seems I bet I bet these holdouts really impact their draft stock. I think. Oh, they definitely do. And like I said before, you know, I'm a big homer for Melvin Gordon, so you know. <laughs> Again, another person that you think you might have to reach for, but if you think it's worth it, I'm telling you, Melvin Gordon has carried my team the past two years. Definitely a safe pick if he decides to come back. Um, un- unfortunately, I did lose my fantasy championship two years ago because he got hurt the last week and didn't play, but that's neither here nor there. Still a good pick. Yes. Um, and then – yeah. So if you're looking for sleepers, I mean, he's not really a sleeper because I've heard a lot of people say this, but Kyler Murray and all the and all the Cardinals really are just in a situation where they're just going to be scoring a ton of points. No, they'll probably be giving up a ton of points to that team, but the, the fantasy wise, uh, they're going to be pretty solid. Uh, rushing quarterbacks are in vogue this year. I've heard uh, Lamar Jackson that could be a good pick um, at running back. I'm not, I'm not really sure uh, who would be a sleeper running back. What, what do you think would be a sleeper running back pick? I'm looking down. Um, list. You know, um, well, I'm probably just saying this because he's on my team, but, you know, I think Joe Mixon could probably be a little bit of a sleeper. You know, I think he could. I mean, you kind of do look at that Cincinnati <laughs> team, and like you said, there's nothing really to write home about, you know, so I think that, like, he could probably get a lot of touches yeah. during the season. So I think he could definitely be a sleeper pick for someone in like a PPR because, you know, maybe they just dump it off to him a couple of times and see what he can do. I don't even know if he's a sleeper. I have him in, I have him in the first round. I think he's a phenomenal running back. I, I have him ranked as the num- – if, if Zeke doesn't come back, I have him RB, RB5 behind Saquon, McCaffrey, uh, Kamara, and then James Conner. I have fourth, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think Mixon's going to be the focal point of that Cincinnati offense uh, until, mm. until, until Tua gets there uh, at least. Um, <laughs> wide receiver. I have Julio Jones as the number one wide receiver. He's not getting last year. He kind of was in a bad spot where he didn't catch that many touchdowns. I don't think that's happening again. I think we're going to see some no. awesome regression there. 
my top tight end, my top tight end is Kelsey, um, who I have going late in the first round. Uh, top quarterback, Mahomes, obviously. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm looking. Who's my top defense? I think it is. Yeah, it's the Bears. No, yeah, it's the Bears. I think the Bears are going to be the top defense, and then a kicker. A kicker I like. Um, hold on. Yeah, like Zerline, Zer- a kicker, Greg Zerline, I think is going to your best option there. So that that that's kind of a position position by position. Uh, your your mm-hmm. best options in fantasy. Uh, so, um, so here, go ahead. I was um well yeah I'd have to agree with you uh, Mahomes at quarterback um I do like Saquon at running back you know I think he's really good and Kamara being the only running back in New Orleans now you know obviously he can get a lot more touches mm-hmm. uh wide receiver I do like Julio Jones you know I call him Touchdown Julio because of this Migo song I heard <laughs> you know but so hopefully he lives up to Touchdown Julio. But I do agree with you being that number one receiver. Uh, tight end, yes, I'd probably have to agree with you with uh, Kelsey. But I also like Zach Ertz. I think he's really good. I had him on my team last year. Oh, um, a lot of – oh, hold on. Let me interrupt you for a minute. Speaking of tight ends, a lot of people yeah. are talking about Vance McDonald of uh, Pittsburgh. That, that's definitely one to keep an eye on. Mm. But, yeah. Um, Go ahead. Zach Ertz kind of like – when wouldn't say that he kind of like led my team, but you know he was he had some down weeks, but you know for the most part he was very consistent and he was definitely a good pick there. Yeah. Um, defense. Um, I picked the Rams defense. You know, I think uh, I think they're still going to be pretty good. I think that they can still have their way uh, in the NFC West and definitely in the NFC. Uh, and kicker, you know, I've already praised my love for Justin Tucker, so you know, go out there and get him. Yeah. So, but before before I let you go, I want to ask you because this this is just uh, so I, I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons's podcast with uh, Matthew Barry, ESPN's fantasy guru, and I wanted to get your opinion on this. Uh, do you do you like snake drafts better, or do you like auctions? better when it comes to fantasy or do you well do have you done a fantasy auction before slash do you know i've never done an auction how is that um well the the auction it works like every player incident every everybody has a shot at every player but you have to kind of balance you have a budget where you like have a you like have a salary cap of 200 dollars, and you have to decide how how you're willing to go for a player. Like, are you willing to, you have to balance, are you going to shell out a hundred, some hundred something dollars for two, two studs like Saquon and Kamara, who you could get on the same team or are you going to spread it out more? So, yeah, but you, you like the snake draft format? Uh, Yeah. Well, I had to say that because I've never done an auction one, but now that you've brought it up, an auction definitely sounds interesting because, you know, I can only imagine what some teams could look like. You know, maybe you get lucky and you just ball out with a team, you know, or maybe you don't get so lucky and don't get yeah. the best. But, no, uh, no this, the snake draft, I, that's usually what I'm accustomed to, you know. So, yeah. I think that's probably, like, the best option. 
Yeah, I, I was I was just curious to see if uh, you've been involved in that at all. The the funny story that Bill Simmons told was that he was in an auction, a fantasy baseball auction, and uh, somebody like tried to artificially drive down drive down the price by like uh, some well some what happened was somebody put up uh, Ryan Brazier of uh, the Red Sox reliever, and uh, somebody made like an offhand remark like oh is he back kind of implying he'd been injured before which he had so he drove down the price and then with like three seconds left he bought him at like a bargain price so and, <laughs> and what bill bills the quote bill simmons had was so now grown men with children are, are arguing over with each other over whether this kind of price fixing price fixing should be allowed but no i, I was <laughs> that's an interesting kind of perspective because yeah i've i've only ever been involved in snake drafts but an auction is definitely that's a trend kind of mm-hmm. in the fantasy world. So thank you for coming on here tonight, Pinky. This was a lot of fun. Oh, thank you for having me. I've been definitely looking forward to this for yeah. many weeks. You know, I've been on your your case about it. So uh, thank <laughs> you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh. Uh, definitely did my homework for this. I hope it shows. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I'd love to come back on sometime in the future. Love to have you, man. Uh it's great to have football back. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for coming on again, Finky, and to all of you listening. Uh, have a great weekend.